We're super excited to announce a partnership with a new company called Creepy Crate. They're a mail subscription service and they mail you boxes every other month. Inside these boxes are true crime goodies, horror movie collectibles, and other items that are exclusive to Creepy Crate that you can't find anywhere else. It's super awesome and it's a really great gift for yourself or that true crime fan in your life. If you use our promo code GODDAMN at their website, creepycrate.store, you'll receive $5 off your subscription. And they've been kind enough to give us a box to give away to one of our listeners. So if you leave us a review on iTunes, you'll be automatically entered to win the Creepy Crate. Don't worry, if you already reviewed us, you're already in the drawing. If you don't have an Apple device, you can create an iTunes account on your desktop and reviews from there. You have until November 30th to leave the review to be entered to win, and we'll announce a winner on December 2nd. May the odds be ever in your favor. God damn! I have one memory that sticks in my mind, like a picture, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's when we were going to Horton Plaza and we were driving into the parking structure and we were blasting <laughs> Disney. I'm pretty sure it was Beauty and the Beast be our guest. <laughs> and Sounds I right. I think you were driving. I was like screaming out the window as is only appropriate. Mm-hmm. And there was a pedestrian on the sidewalk and he saw us and started cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like this little moment in my head like, ha <laughs> This nice. is fun. <laughs> this is a fun time in life. This is a good time. I remember driving with you one time, and you were driving, and there was a pedestrian. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm remembering your memory. No, 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 because it was uh, My Chemical Romance. Ooh, different song, so it had to be a different yeah, time. Yeah, it was the where the kid goes to school, you won't believe what I have under my shirt. Oh, yeah, 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 the teenager scared the little yeah, shit yeah, out of me. Yeah, that song. Yeah. And I was probably hanging out the window but we were downtown so i think we were near coffee shop oh my god what if this is the exact same memory we're just remembering different songs (laughs) and different locations (laughs) but But i was like halfway hanging out the car and i threw the guy the mic like "Uh, you got this and he did not reciprocate he looked at me like holy shit oh he thought you were crazy okay different memories then it was fun though yeah yeah we should do that again we should. Also, still in my life today, I'll sing in my car. Like, if my kid's not in my car, I blast music in my car. Yep. But I'll still occasionally try to throw a random person the mic, like, you got this, and they never take it. Man, we gotta practice this. Sometimes they just look at me like they think that I can't see them looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, we I, both have eyes. <laughs> I'm looking at you with my eyes. Oh, man. I mean, my windows are a little tinted. <laughs> But I can see you, and I know you can see me. It's like when I don't have my glasses on, and I look people dead in the face, and I think that they can't see me because I can't see them. Yeah, like, I do that I can't too. See their eyes, but like we're driving, so I yeah. hope you can see to the car next to you. That's true. That's pretty important if you're driving. Yeah, you should have all of your glasses and seeing devices on. So I feel like that's not a valid excuse for them to not take my damn mic. <laughs> Hey guys, so welcome to episode 11 of I Said Goddamn. I Said Goddamn. Woo-woo. Well, Stacy. Yeah. How's your life so far? You got a goddamn this week? It's great. I do have a goddamn, which is not so great. Oh, shit. What is it? I've almost told you this goddamn a million times already, and we've been hanging out for what, like an hour? Yeah. It's so hard not to bring the shit up before we start recording. You can okay. bring it up now, girl. Let I'm it out. I'm it up. Yesterday, driving in my car, coming home from work, and usually it takes me about an hour in traffic to get mm-hmm. home. But there was an accident yesterday. Oh, son of a bitch. So it ended up taking me like an hour and a half. But you had called me on the ride home and you were like, oh, I'm going to go to Target because I'm going to buy a blazer, right? Mm-hmm. We had this conversation. And I was like, 
bye, have fun at Target. I'm going to still sit in my car. And then, <laughs> and then right after that, Lee calls me because he had just gotten off of work. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, and everything's going great and fancy and fine, and I'm, like, at a dead stop on the freeway. Oh, dear God, did you get rear-ended? No. Thank God. <laughs> and in the middle of talking to Lee, all of a sudden, I was like, I don't feel good. Uh-oh. Yeah, like, <gasps> I felt, like, nauseous, or it wasn't even, like, straight, like, I was nauseous. It was, like, I felt weird. Like, I didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And my ears started to ring, and I was like telling Lee like I think I need to hang up the phone I just don't feel good right now I can't talk I need to focus on living yeah <laughs> so I hung and he was like okay bye <laughs> good luck peace yeah. be with you and your fucking you f- one-ton vehicle <laughs> yeah I hope you feel better I don't know how much cars weigh <laughs> I don't know either but it sounds about right <laughs> and so I I hang up the phone and my ears start ringing and I'm like oh my god like I feel like I'm kind of gonna faint or something I really don't feel good and it wasn't like my stomach hurt or there was nothing one thing in particular I just felt like I was dying and then I started to get really sweaty and then my vision started to like black out like I was gonna faint holy shit and I was like no 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 no, we're not gonna faint while I'm driving like I'm okay oh my god like I was thinking maybe my blood pressure dropped and now I'm having like a panic attack because I feel like I'm about to faint and I know I'm driving and that would be bad so I'm probably just freaking myself out yeah. more than I need to be so I roll down the window and I like lay my head on the windowsill so that I can like relax my body because I'm at a dead stop I'm not going like we might be creeping every yeah day, yeah but it's not like I'm endangering anyone and so I'm sitting there and I'm it's just getting worse like what like I'm like I'm gonna puke all over my car and I'm sweating profusely and my vision just kept starting to get darker and darker. And I was like, fuck, I've fainted enough times to know that I'm yeah. about to fucking faint. So it's I happening. had to pull over. And so I pull over and I hit my emergencies and I take my seatbelt off and I push my seat all the way back and just put my head in my lap, like between my knees so that yeah. I don't faint. And I literally felt so shitty that I was just going like, ugh, ugh. Like I was just breathing oh, and going, no. ugh. And I, it wasn't getting any better. Like, usually that happens, and almost immediately I can hear a little better. Like, my ear, yeah, hearing you put will your come head between your knees and yeah. you're fine. It wasn't working. Oh, my I God. I still felt so sick, and I was like, do I need to call 911? Like, I think I'm dying. I legit thought I was dying on the side of Holy the road. Holy shit. Yeah, and I sat there for, like, five minutes, and I kept thinking, if somebody walks up to see, like, if I'm having car trouble or something, they're going to think I'm dead because I'm, like, slumped over in the driver's seat. Yeah. And... If somebody walks up, I'm going to have to tell them to call an ambulance. Like, no one is going to be like, oh, she's fine. Yeah. Because I couldn't even, like, sit up to be like, no, I'm fine. Like, I was like, like, I saw my face later after all of this. I saw my face and my lips were just, like, white. Like, I was not doing good. I don't Jesus. know what was going on, but it wasn't good. And so I was like, oh, fuck, man. I have to get off the side of this road. I need to go home. Like, I need to lay down. Something is going on. Like, I'm not going to faint now. It's been five minutes. I'm good. Like, I just need to, like, get myself moving or something. Yeah. So I start sitting up, even though all I want to do is lay down and, like, go to sleep. Like, yeah. I'm so tired at this point, And I am drenched in sweat. I'm talking, like, my hair was wet because I was so sweaty. Holy shit. And then I started to, like, get a little bit of my hearing back and my vision was fine. So I was like, okay, let me just buckle up and suck it up and, like, get through this. Because I was almost to my house. Like, I was two exits from my house. But, you know, the freeway is, like... Yeah, Those yeah. two exits are kind of far apart. But I was so close. Like, I need to just suck it up and get through it. So I get back on the road, and I'm still kind of, like, laying my head on the windowsill. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get past the accident, which was only, like, two minutes further down. And I start to feel a little better, and my hearing starts to come back. 
and my vision, like I said, everything's fine. And I'm like really thirsty and super tired. And I call Lee back and I'm like, hey, I almost died on the side of the road. You have to get the kid today. (laughs) I'm going home to lay down. And then I got home and I didn't even lay down. I made dinner and I felt better. And the whole time I was like, I'm not going to work tomorrow because I literally almost died on the side of the road. And then I woke up this morning and I forgot it all happened and I went to work. <laughs> and that was it? Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't, I have no idea. you don't know what happened or anything? No idea. Like I said, I think the only thing I could think of was maybe my blood pressure dropped or something and then I started to panic. But I didn't feel good. It was like I, Lee and I were just having a full conversation. I wasn't like no stress or anxiety about anything. I wasn't thinking about anything. I had just eaten so I wasn't hungry. It wasn't like low blood sugar or anything. Holy shit. Just out of nowhere. Ugh. That sounds terrifying. awful. Yeah. That could happen anytime. That could happen at any time. <laughs> so anyway, Erin, tell me about your goddamn. Well, I will. Okay. I actually, I was going to have one goddamn, and then today I got an even bigger goddamn. Oh. Yeah. Give it to me small than big. Okay. So the first one was just the time change that my kid, like, Ugh. fucked up my kid. No one with a toddler has ever liked a time change. No, it's awful. Yep. And oh my God, I, he wakes up at 6 a.m. every morning. And so then of course the time change, he's like, it's five, let's start our day. And yeah. Like, Fuck no. that. Yeah. But here's the worst goddamn. Okay. Did you hear about the mass shooting in yeah. Thousand Oaks or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. That like college bar. Yeah. Yeah. It was like college, college night on a Wednesday. Yeah. And, like 14 people died. Or was it more? Um, I had heard 12 oh, maybe when it was I looked, 12. but around there. Yeah. I'd met the kid from Coronado. Who's the kid from Coronado? Justin Meek. Is he the, Is he someone who died? I don't yeah. know much about the story. Yeah. Oh, no. He's someone that died. I've done a ton of work for his mom. What the fuck? Yeah. That's so sad. It's awful. He was in there with his sister, I guess, and he got his sister out, and then he oh went back God. in to get to help more people. And oh that's when God. he got shot. Oh, God. That's so Isn't sad. Isn't that fucking awful? It's horrible. Did I literally you... learned about that this morning. Oh, like, shit. My boss came in and was, like, I talking to someone else, uh, one of the other ladies at work about it. And he was like, yeah, you know, I, I knew this kid, but Aaron knew him better. And I was like, knew who better? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. How'd Fuck. you know him? Just through work. Like, like his, when he would come in with his mom or yeah, something? Yeah, he would come in with his mom, and his mom was, like, obsessed with him. She's... Like, they had such a good oh, relationship, it seemed so like. Sad. And he played water polo. He was, like, the mascot. And so she always came in and had me make, like, logos for the mascot and stuff for him. And, like, made him shirts and would make him stickers and stuff. Like, she it was she was, like, the sports mom that you wanted, you know? Like, oh the one that gosh. was on top of stuff. And so she always came in to get stuff and would, like, I don't know. You could just tell that she was, that that's, was her baby. Like, that that's is so fucked up. awful. Yeah. Do they know, like, who did it or why? Yeah. I mean, obviously they know who, but I don't know any of the story. Like, what do you know? Um, It was a, like, 28-year-old guy. He was an ex-Marine, I think. Mm-hmm. And from what I, because obviously I looked into it today because I hadn't heard about it at all until that. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading about it and stuff. Yeah. He, I don't know, he was like a machine gunner or something in the Marines. And then all of his friends are saying like that he's such a stable guy and they couldn't imagine him doing this and everything. Oh my God. But supposedly there's a Facebook post that he posted beforehand and was like, I bet they're going to call me crazy, like, or call me insane. And wouldn't that just be a ball of irony or something like that? And he said, but they're still not going to do anything about it. They're just going to send thoughts and prayers. 
what the fuck? Yeah, I'm paraphrasing, but that was roughly what he said. Like, what the fuck, man? My God, that's so awful. So he didn't really have a motive or anything? Not that they're aware of, no. My first thought reading that is like, is he doing it to be like, to make a change so that everybody has to like, okay, you know, we have to do something to change it? Because that's kind of what that facebook thing sounds like like they're not going to do anything they're just still going to send yeah but you murdering people isn't going to change anything no no that makes it worse also one of the guys that died there had survived the vegas shooting what the fuck man like why is this america i don't know it really upsets me though like i wish people would just stop shooting each other and stop being mean and like i don't even want to get into the politics of guns and no. all this shit but like just be fucking nice yeah. to each other you're all it's humans hard yeah. yeah and everybody's going through shit yeah. every single person that you meet has their own baggage and shit that they're dealing with like why do you have to be an asshole or- every single person is and you know what talk to somebody about it like if you're having a shit day and you feel that bad that you're gonna do something talk to someone and if that someone is an asshole to you and doesn't help you go find someone else like they're not worth it then yeah well that was cheerful yeah sorry everyone <laughs> but that was that fucked me up today yeah hey everybody be nice to each other yeah be nice to each other everybody's dealing with shit be kind yeah just be like, you look lovely today. Smile at someone. Tell them you like their blazer. Yep. You can change that shooter's mind. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we both just said maybe. <laughs> there's a chance. <laughs> and hey, if there's a chance, it's good enough for me. That's right. Well, you will not believe what I have in store for you. I'm, as always, I am excited and I'm sure I will be delighted. <laughs> you actually will be delighted at this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to mess up all of the names we always do so Mm -hmm. you're not setting any different kind of precedence (laughs) yeah i just want everyone to know (laughs) don't do it out of any (laughs) disrespect disrespect i just i just can't some of the letters shouldn't be next to each other these ones this one has a lot of vowels okay (laughs) (laughs) so mine is about aku yadu Mm. it looks like it's spelled yadav but I don't, I heard someone say it as Yadu, so. Okay. So he was born in 1972, and he lived in the slums of India. I did not write down the name of said slums. Yeah. Because I can't, I, it was like 47 letters. Yeah. And I can't. <laughs> it's a lot of letters. I wasn't going to put everyone There's more letters that. than there are in the alphabet. <laughs> yeah. They, some were repeated. Okay. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so. For over a decade, he had terrorized this slums. He was a gangster, serial killer, rapist, warlord. Shit. Yeah. A warlord? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I didn't know that there was a... I'm going to sound so goddamn ignorant. Ignant. Ignant. (laughs) You stop. You ignorant. (laughs) I didn't know that there was a war going on. You ignorant. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, shit. That got me. So, these slums yeah had about 300 families like in them and every other house in the fucking slums had Mm -hmm. a woman who had been raped by this guy jesus christ yeah everybody was afraid of him though why there's 300 of them why were they like no no no, you're not welcome here well i mean it's like a town they're not all in the same place at the same time i mean i imagine slums like shacks and they're really close to each other so that you could be like i believe that that's probably true yeah I don't know that for a fact. So you'd be like, get out of here, fucking whatever the guy's name is. Aku. Yeah, Aku. Well, he would barge into these houses and demand money, and he would rape and brutalize the women to control the men. 
So oh that, my god. Yeah. He Ew. Would, yeah, he would rape them and have his henchmen rape them and Ew. just to like make the men pay him or whatever Ew. like get what he wanted. Yeah. Oh, asshole. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. And in India at the time, I don't know if it still is, maybe, but it was taboo to have been raped. Yeah. So most I'm of the sure. people didn't report it. Oh man. And then those people that did report it, he bribed the police. <gasps> so the police would just be like, well, you're a uh, hussy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. They would basically blame them and say, like, well, you're a loose woman and that's why he raped you. Yeah. That's so fucking terrible. Yeah. Then the police would go and turn and tell him exactly who reported him. <gasps> so and then, then he, he would... would go back there to oh them and either threaten to rape them again, throw acid on them. Oh, my God. Threaten to kill them. No. Yeah, he that was is a, not a world I ever want to live in. No. So some of the more awful things that he did, mm-hmm. he raped a woman after her wedding. Okay. He what? made a man strip, burned him with cigarettes, and forced him to dance in front of his daughter. What like the fuck? Naked in front of his daughter. What the fuck? Yeah. That poor daughter. Yeah. That would terrify me. First time I ever saw a dick terrify me. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine. <laughs> Why is it like that? <laughs> <laughs> He raped a lady 10 days after she gave birth. Oh, no. I knew that one would hit home for you. No. Yep. No. Isn't that fucking awful? No. Nothing should ever go in there for a long time. Yeah. 10 days. No. Nothing is okay. Well, she also thought it was awful, and she ended up dousing herself in kerosene and setting herself on fire. <gasps> oh, my God. It was that bad? What about her baby? I guess. I don't know. They, oh, shit. There was a picture of her and her baby. It was really sad. Wait, did she die? I think so. Second question. Uh-huh. Did she douse herself in kerosene and set herself on fire? Or is that what he says she did? You know? Good question. Yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Good question. Yeah. Okay. From I'm what here. I've heard that she did it. But yeah, he has, he threatened to kill people and he threatened to throw acid on people. So it probably isn't without or outside the bounds of reason to oh suggest that. Oh, my God. He had his henchman gang rape a 12-year-old girl. Ew! Gang rape? Oh, my God! Yeah. That's terrible. He butchered a woman on the street in front of her daughter and, Jesus. and neighbors, and the neighbors reported him. So like, he this but- guy is slicing people up. Yeah. So he butchered them, too, <gasps> and then left their bodies on train tracks. What the fuck? Yeah. How come no one's stopping this? Because he paid off the police. Who's, who's going to stop him? So this guy just, like, runs this town. Yeah. He's... Head honcho in this town. would move my shack. (laughs) Easy for me to say. Sit on wheels. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Just follow the train tracks out of there. Yeah. No kidding. Oh, God. There was one woman in particular. Her name was Yusha Narayani, I Mm -hmm. think. Uh Uh-huh. She's 25. Mm Mm-hmm. Her and all of her brothers were college educated, which was super rare in that town. Yeah. She was also unwed, which was rare like she chose an education and to have a job instead of getting married and all and that a family yeah mm-hmm. so he aku mm-hmm. went to her neighbor's house and that was where the gang rape 12 year old girl uh-huh. happened and she went to her neighbors and was like you need to tell the police and they're like no because they were afraid of him yeah. so they were just gonna basically let it go and she was like no fuck that so she went and reported him oh god well the next day 
Aku and 40 men showed up at her <gasps> house with acid and threatened to kill her if she didn't withdraw the complaint. Complaint, yeah. Okay. So she barricaded herself in her house and was like, fuck you, and was like just yelling insults back at them and oh, stuff. Oh, shit. Yeah, and they were trying to break down the door and they were like, you know, going around to whatever, like trying to come in. Uh huh. So she was like, fuck this. And yeah. she opened the gas line and oh then had God. some matches and was like, I'll blow this place up. If anyone comes in here, I'm going to blow us all up. Oh, shit. Yeah. So the guy was like, all right, never mind. <laughs> You're like, crazier than me, yeah. bitch. <laughs> I'm not going to call that bluff, right? <laughs> but that's gangster as fuck, that's right? crazy. <laughs> Go yeah. this lady that I already forgot her name. Usha. Yusha. Go Yusha. Yeah. Well, he also smelled the gas. And so he was like, nope, fuck nope, that. Right? Nope. She'll, She'll blow out. us all up. Mm-hmm. But he came to our house for like a couple days in a row threatening to rape her and throw acid on her and stuff oh my god uh she thinks that she was targeted thinks foreshadowing she's still alive yay she thinks that she was targeted because she was outspoken and her brother-in-law is a lawyer so he had spoken out against this guy as well Uh uh-huh after this guy kept coming to her house and threatening to rape her and kill her uh or throw acid on her and stuff she was like nope let's report him again so they went to shit she's like huh yeah. I see what makes you mad. Yeah. <laughs> Poke the bear. <laughs> they were able to bypass the police, though, and they went to the commissioner, and he offered her basically, like, asylum or, like, a safe house so that she wouldn't die that night. Um, oh, my God. While they found him. Like, they were like, okay, let's go find this guy. He promised to find this guy and whatever. Yeah. You know, keep her safe. Yeah. That night, a bunch of the villagers, they went to his house. He wasn't home, but they went to his house, and they were, like, inspired by her and standing oh. up for him and stuff. Or she caused up a riot. Him. Yeah, and so they, like, destroyed his house. They Good. burned it to the ground. They just turned it to rubble. Like, awesome. fucking, this guy's done. Yeah. So the police were like, hey, Aku, you should, like, not go home. It's not safe. <laughs> hey, some hey. shit happened. So, <laughs> so your house is gone. <laughs> yeah, your house is gone. So he turned himself into the police, like surrendered himself just for his own safety. Oh my god! Yeah, what a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you can dish it, but you can't take it, huh? Yeah. Okay. So then the next day, he was supposed to appear in court. And 500 residents were gathered outside. Damn. Like, fucking protesting this guy, Yeah, I guess. like, yeah. Take yeah. him court. One of his henchmen tried uh-huh. to pass him a knife in a blanket. Holy like, shit. Right in front of the police and everything. Because the police are in his pocket, right? Yeah. And the residents got pissed and were like, hey, the no. fuck, right? Yeah. Like, that's not okay. And I imagine you can only get away with so much as the police. Like, yeah. Like, you can't blatantly do this shit. Yeah. And so the police arrested the henchman, and then took Aku back into custody. Mm-hmm. And before he got back into custody, though, he threatened to teach every woman in the slum a lesson. How? So he passed him this blanket and this knife, and then he had some time? Not really. To, like, like, the address... lady was like, what the fuck? And the police were like, god damn it. Like, we have to do something about this. And they arrest <laughs> the guy and, like, take him back. But, like, as they're taking him back, he's, like, yelling, like, I'm going to teach everyone okay. a lesson. Got it. So... He's due back in court August 13th, 2004, which, Jesus. mind you, 2004, that's not long ago. I know, that's crazy. Yeah. He goes back to court, and the women of the town were obviously pretty pissed because they're like, he's going to get bail again. Like, he gets bail all the time for this shit. He's yeah. just going to get bail we're again. safe. Yeah. So 200 women show up to the court armed with vegetable knives, stones, and chili powder. Oh, shit. They have a plan. (laughs) Apparently. As he was walking to the courthouse, he saw one of the women that he had raped, and he called her a prostitute and said that he would rape her again. Oh, shit. One of the guards laughed. (gasps) 
And so yeah. she was like, fuck all you all. Nope. Like, yeah. just, that was basically a straw that broke the camel's back. And she charged them and attacked them with her sandal. Ooh. A little bit of the chunkla power. <laughs> <laughs> she screamed, we can't both live on this earth together. It's you or me. Oh, shit. And that was kind of seen as like a war cry. Oh, so shit. all of the other women, 200 women, descended on him. Damn. The guards got out of there. Like, nope, nope, nope. Yep, this is all they, you. they just fled. They were like, well, I can't handle this. Yeah. In the end, he was dead within 15 minutes. Holy shit. He was stabbed over 70 times. Jesus Christ. He had stones thrown in his face and chili powder in his eyes to blind him. <sighs> and his penis was cut off. Oy, of course. They really had a plan. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that felt so liberating for them. <laughs> Fucking right. As awful as that is. Yeah. Five of the women were arrested and released the next day following demonstrations in the city. And right after that, every woman in the city claimed that they had killed him. Oh, so they couldn't, like, pin it on one person? Yep. That's so cool. Yeah. Yusha, along with 21 other people, including six other women, were arrested and charged with the murder. She believes that it was because she spoke out against the police not doing their job. Oh. Yeah. Because she wasn't even at the courthouse that day. What? <laughs> yeah. That's so dumb. But she said, I'm not scared. I'm not ashamed. We've done a good thing for society. We'll see if society repays us. The trial wasn't until a decade later. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she was released in 2012, along with everyone else, due to a lack of evidence because everyone claimed to have made the killing blow, so none of them could be charged. Oh, my God. That is crazy. Isn't it? That's fucking wild. That's some goddamn vigilante justice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Dude, that sucks, though, that she was in prison for 10 years before well, she got her piece. I thought the same thing, but I saw in an interview with her, they were like, she's in her living room in her, like, she still lives in the slums, and she was in the living room in the windowless, like, they explained it as, like, she was in her windowless living room, and I was like, is she at home? Oh, is, was her prison not that bad? Or her capture? I don't know what you no, would No, I mean, that. like, home home. Oh. Wait, like, I don't like, she was awaiting trial and not in jail for it. Oh. Is what okay. I think it was. I don't know that for a fact, but. Oh, that's interesting. That's well, then it that's not like. so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. She just saved a whole village. Yeah. Just by standing up to him, she basically inspired the all of the women in town to be like, fuck this guy. Oh, that's Let's take crazy. our town back. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Minus the fact that he did all that horrible shit. Minus all of that. Yeah. But he clearly got what was coming to him, so. Yeah. Yeah. So did, like, all of his little helpers and shit just, like, leave everybody alone? Leave town? Yeah, I don't think there was a successor. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> basically my question. Empire. God damn. That's and crazy. the commissioner was aware of all of it, too, at that point. So there might have been, like, reforms and stuff in it. Oh, shit. All those police need to be, like, taken out of the job. Yeah. That's fucked up. You could just buy them off? Yeah. They said that murder costs more to buy off. <laughs> Does it, is it more expensive? <laughs> According to what I read, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, so that was my exciting story. Short but sweet. And, I liked uh, it. Yeah. It was a little twist, you know, like a happy ending. Twist. <laughs> <laughs> it was a happy ending. That's why I said you'd like that one. Mine isn't a happy ending. Uh, well, I probably should have gone last to lighten the mood. <laughs> hey, so Stacy. Yeah, Aaron. I just wanted to say your name so that people know it's you when you're... Oh, that's very helpful telling your for story. our listeners. I thought so, because most people can't tell us apart. You think they got it down now? So I can tell my story? Yep. And they'll know that it's Stacy telling the story? Yep. 
<laughs> I hope so. Doing God's work over here, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so heads up, my story is going to piss you off a lot. God damn Multiple it. times. Really? Yeah. Multiple times? Yes. You do this shit to me every time. I know, but that's why I'm like, ooh, this is a good one. That is a good one. But also, you're welcome for my story because it yeah. was a little bit of girl power and brought you up. I loved it. Okay, go. I'm ready. Okay, this is the story of Cindy James. Cindy James. Oh, Cindy James. I like that name. So, Cindy James was a nurse who lived in Richmond, British Columbia. Oh, okay. And she was married but had no children. Mm-hmm. But in July of 1982, she and her husband decided to get separated. Okay. To get a divorce. It said separated, so I was like... They're just going to try living separated without a divorce. They're not going to make it legal yet. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't know how I read sure. that, too. <laughs> Speculating there. <laughs> That's all we do here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so four months after her divorce, she began to receive mysterious threatening phone calls. Mm-hmm. She didn't recognize the voice of this person who was calling, and she said that sometimes the voice was disguised, and sometimes it would be, like, whispering. Oh. And other times the line would just be silent. Okay, whispering is fucking terrifying. Uh, fucking right. And I couldn't find anything, like, what the messages were, like, when this guy would call her. Yeah. like, what would he whisper? Like, I'm gonna wear your skin in the streets. I don't know what yeah. they were saying. Or but like, they were threatening. You left your porch lights on. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to fold the clothes in the laundry before they get wrinkly. <laughs> don't be late for work tomorrow. <laughs> I don't think you put coffee grounds in what the What if it was a really maker. helpful stalker? <laughs> That's what this world needs. Helpful stalkers. Yeah. I think you left your car unlocked. <laughs> yeah. But in a non-threatening, creepy way. Your lights are on. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot to set your alarm. <laughs> Thank you're, you, creepy stalker. You're, you're almost out of conditioner. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. <laughs> Don't forget to grab a new toothpaste. <laughs> you're on three squares of toilet paper. <laughs> I think those peaches are expired. <laughs> That's probably enough examples. Oh, <laughs> God, we could go forever. Oh, shit. It's terrible that we're laughing at this. Well, not for me yet because I don't know what happened. Yeah, it's terrible. Okay. Let me tell you. Okay, so get, she gets threatening phone calls. Mm -hmm. She was reluctant to talk about the phone calls with, like, the police or her family members or anything like that. But she does report it to the police. But she's, like, very vague about it. Not, like, super descriptive. Doesn't really let on that she... Is scared about it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to reveal too much. Okay. But the police open an investigation over it, right? Mm hmm So over the next three months, the harassment and the threats get worse. At night, she would hear someone prowling around her property. Nope. The porch lights would get smashed the fuck nope fuck that her phone lines would get fucking cut no yeah and threatening notes began to show up on her doorstep no oh i got chills uh, i don't like that that's, that's awful that's, that's way worse than phone calls yeah <laughs> why haven't you gotten like back to the police at this point well i'm pretty sure she was like reporting this all to the police but the police couldn't like do anything catch them anytime right oh my god that's fucking terrifying get cameras and yeah. dogs i mean this was in like, like eight of them two when was it 82 ish okay I mean, I'm sure cameras were a lot more harder to come by. Alrighty, so Cindy confides in her friend, whose name is Agnes. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bright spot in my day. <laughs> Agnes. <laughs> so this is coming from Agnes later on. Mm -hmm. Agnes claims that Cindy believed the stalker didn't want to hurt or didn't want to kill her, but that the stalker just wanted to scare her to death. To death? Scare her to death. Yeah, the, I guess that's kind of like 
Agnes's quote of quoting Cindy. Okay. You know what I mean? So like, like a, oh, I was scared to death. Not like, he's going to try and give me a heart attack and physically kill me. Uh, No, like Agnes was later interviewed and Agnes was like, well, I was talking to Cindy and Cindy really believes that the stalker wasn't trying to kill her, but just wanted to scare her to death. I think it's more like a phrase. Yeah, maybe. When you say it that way. Yeah. yeah. Not like he was trying to scare her to Literally death. Literally like, to kill yeah. her by scaring her. Yeah, because I don't know that that's actually possible. <laughs> yeah. I don't know Other either. Other than like a heart attack. So during all of the the harassment, Agnes swings by Cindy's house. Like while all this is going on, the three months after the phone call started and all this. Mm-hmm. During all of this harassment that's going on, Agnes decides to swing by Cindy's house to visit her. Mm-hmm. She gets there and she knocks on the door and Cindy doesn't answer the door. Okay. Agnes just assumes that she's taking a bath. Okay. Or like a shower or she can't hear or she's in the bathroom she's or something. She's indisposed. Yeah. And then Agnes starts to hear something in the yard. And so she goes walking around the house and nope. she ends up finding Cindy crouched down with a nylon stocking tied tightly around her neck. The fuck? She was alive and Cindy said that what had happened was she was going out to the garage to grab a box mm-hmm. and someone came up from behind her. But all that she saw was that the person had white sneakers on. And then she was, like, on the ground with this nylon stocking around. What the fuck? So her fucking friend came at the perfect goddamn time. Yeah, saved her life. Jesus Christ. Okay, Okay, so then the friend moved in. Yeah, right? (laughs) Um, Or they moved to fucking Agnes's house. Yeah, something, right? So after that attack, Cindy moves to a new house. Good. She paints her car. Uh She changes her last name. Perfect. And she fucking hires a private investigator because the police aren't getting shit. Excellent. Because that's like, attempted fucking murder at that yeah, point. Yeah. Jesus titty fucking Christ. Let's not put that in there. Jesus. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez Louise. <laughs> We're going to leave in Jesus titty fucking Christ. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Okay. I don't know. I'll let you. <laughs> okay. So, like I was saying, she doesn't really trust the police or like they're not getting anywhere and the police continue the investigation but they're starting to grow suspicious of cindy what because they think she's making everything up why would she tie nylon around her neck right well they think she's making things up because she's being evasive and very reluctant to share any of the info or like talk about it okay that's suspicious yeah like she's not like going into detail yeah Or she's acting kind of weird when she reports it, supposedly. Mm -hmm. The private investigator even said she withheld a lot of information and he could understand why the police would have a problem believing her story. Okay. What kind of stuff is she withholding? Did we ever find out? It it just says that, like, anytime she would talk about, like, the phone calls or anything, she wouldn't reveal much. Like, she wasn't acting like somebody who was being truly stalked Mm -hmm. in the sense of, like, how you would think you would be, like, reporting and scared and everything and when they asked questions you would answer willingly she was kind of like you know reluctant to answer That's the question weird. so that makes me think she's like um yeah <laughs> you know yeah like, yeah just kind of like yeah. what did they say and like you know basic stuff yeah exactly that's kind of what i got from it cindy's mom claims that cindy had once confided in her that during an attack she was held at knife point to her neck and the guy who was like threatening her said that if you tell anyone i'm coming for your sister and your mom next so she's cindy's mom thinks like oh the reason she was so reluctant to share any of this information is because she was threatened so that's why she was being so weird and evasive to the police that would make sense yeah because you're terrified that your family's gonna be harmed exactly so cindy's private investigator like works with her and believes her story and everything and is gonna try to help her good and he gives her a two-way radio so that she can contact him if anything were to happen right Mm -hmm. like 
this shit keeps happening and the police aren't around when it happens. So here's a radio. If shit goes down, you let me know and I'll be there in a second. Okay. So one night, the private investigator hears some strange sounds coming over the radio. Oh, God. And she's not responding. So he goes over to her house. Is it like constantly on? I don't know. It didn't really specify. It just said that he heard. I would think so, right? You have to like push the button for it to record. So maybe something happened and she started pushing the button like, uh, oh, get here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe it was just like an open-ended. That would be weird. That's like what I thought. That'd be weird as house. Hell. Yeah. yeah. Either way. <laughs> it's at a two-way radio. So that would be like, now I talk, you talk. Yeah. We talk, we talk, we dip. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've told this before, but that guy's now a gym teacher. Go on. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did share that with me. Okay, so he goes over to her house. He gets there and all the doors are locked. And while he's like, good, fuck, I would like to get inside of this house, though, because I'm worried about her well-being, like she's not answering the door or anything. Yeah. He looks through a window and finds Cindy on the floor, and he <gasps> thought she was dead. Oh, God. So the private investigator kicks in the door, finds her on the floor. First with, of all. What? Just kicks in the door. He's like, ah! Have you ever tried to kick in a door? Did somebody say fire? It's so hard. <laughs> this is a private investigator. I mean, maybe he has police background or military background, so he's a big, strong man, but... Maybe he just, like, picked the lock, but he was like, nah, I kicked that door in. <laughs> like, there's no sign of forced entry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, dude, the door frame is totally intact. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really good at it. <laughs> I um, have a magic foot. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, go on. He claims he kicked the door in, and he finds her on the floor with a note pinned to her. Oh, God. With a paring knife through her hand. <gasps> like, it's like a note on her hand with a paring knife holding it in there. Oh, that's awful. I looked everywhere, and all I, I like, saw pictures. But you know how you're like, is that the picture of the note, or is that a picture depicting what you think the note looked like? Yeah. And the note had, like, a bunch of, or a couple of pictures of, like, somebody with their hands around somebody's neck, and, like, just, like, creepy pictures. And then it said, I see you. The fuck? I don't know. Was she dead? Well, he calls 911, and she briefly revives, like, <gasps> while he's calling 911, and they <gasps> take her to the hospital. Oh, my God. And she lives. What? Cindy claims that she recalled some man walking through her gate, which I'm assuming is in the yard, mm -hmm. but then the next thing she knew is she was hit in the head with a piece of wood or something blunt like that, mm -hmm. and she was held down, and a needle went into her arm. Oh, fuck And then she doesn't that. remember anything else. Well, people that get hit in the head often won't remember stuff, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You'll get, like, amnesia or concussion and stuff. You need your brain. Plus, like, if a needle went into her arm, I'm sure it wasn't anything good to keep her awake. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. What was in it? Do we know? Well, okay. The police were still suspicious. What? Of her, as there was no fingerprints or anything that were found at the crime scene. Oh my god. Sometimes in her stories, she would claim that like it was one man or two men, two men or three, and like it was her kind story of was inconsistent. Changing? Yeah. So like throughout all of these attacks, this is like a general generalized reason why the police weren't really believing her is like they couldn't find any evidence that she had been attacked other than like her laying on the floor with a paring knife in her hand. But they're claiming like maybe she did that shit to herself for like attention because we didn't find any fingerprints. We don't know who this guy is. Gloves exist. No one's around. I know, right? No one's around when this happens, which I mean, a fucking stalking. No one's going to be around when they're stalking some like. Yeah. I'm going to make sure they're, they're not, alone. Yeah, they're going to wait because they've been watching this whole fucking time. Yeah. And then her stories are inconsistent probably because she fucking got knocked in the side of the head with a piece of wood. Yeah. And then stabbed in the arm with some kind of injection. Yep. And then also she's being evasive, right? So she's probably like, 
I mean, it was like one or two. I don't know. Because she doesn't want to like rat him out or something. Here's I don't the know. thing, though. You've already told the police at this point. Yeah. So you have to just tell them tell everything. Them Otherwise, if he doesn't get caught, he's going to fucking kill you. I know. But you know what? Think of like the early 80s. I'm sure it was like a different time. <sighs> so she continues to receive threatening phone calls. Oh, my God. They like tap her phone so they can try to trace him. Mm-hmm. And each phone call was too short to trace. Mm. So they could never, like, figure out who it is. The police decide to set up a 24-hour surveillance on her house. And when they would do that, nothing would ever happen. But as soon as they stopped watching her house, then she would get another threat or something again. All right. Now, that's a little suspicious. Were they, like, in a, a marked car, though? Or, like... I don't know. I would hope they wouldn't be, like, lighting up the whole fucking house with, like... Yeah. Rifles on the corner. Because, of course, nothing's going to happen then. Yeah. Like, police lights on. Yeah. <laughs> <In the laughs> whoop, whoop, waiting whoop, out whoop. front. I don't understand why he's not showing up. <laughs> hey, stalker. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the police were getting frustrated, and they felt that this only proved more that she was making the attacks up. Because no one would show up when they would be watching. Okay. Maybe he's just smart. Maybe he's a cop. Right? Well, Cindy's mom is like, yo, if somebody was stalking you and they saw cops or knew what was going on, they know enough about her life to know, like, what she's doing and where she's going and able to follow her after her name change and after her car change and all this other shit. Yeah. They're going to know when she's being watched. They're going to know when she goes to the police. Like, yeah. They've got a fucking lock on her life. Anyway, so Cindy's mom is really pissed at the police. Like, fuck you guys. You guys yeah. suck. Good. So then the next thing that happens to her is she was found six miles from her home, lying in a ditch. Holy shit. Semi-conscious. Ugh. Wearing a man's work boot and a glove. What? And she was suffering from hypothermia. Uh. She was covered in cuts and bruises and had a black nylon stocking tied tightly around her neck. Well, okay. I have so many questions. She has no memory of what happened to her. Okay. Because she was alive. Does she have... A split personality disorder or something. That's one of the theories. Okay, go on. Okay. We're going to talk about these later. Yep. So, Cindy started asking Agnes, her friend, and her husband to come stay the night with her. Because she was like, uh, shit keeps happening. Yeah. So, one of the nights, Cindy wakes up Agnes and her husband and says that she heard a noise downstairs. And the husband was like, yo, I heard it too. Let's go check it out. So, they go down to the basement and they find that it's on fire. What? Yep. And Agnes calls the fire department, but the phone is dead. <gasps> no. So the husband runs next door to ask the neighbor to call the fire department. Mm-hmm. Leaving them fucking alone? Well, he runs into a man on the street. And mm-hmm. the man is just standing on the curb. So the husband's like, yo, can you help us? This house is on fire. And then the man just, like, turns around and runs away. Uh, that was him. What the fuck? I'm like, is he wearing white t- tennis shoes? Right? <laughs> Does he have work boots on? Yeah, what's going on? Or a black glove? I see just one of each yeah, and one white tennis shoe. Uh, So eventually they like get the fire out and everything. The police come to investigate and they suspect that Cindy staged this incident too. What the fuck? Because there were no dust or fingerprints disturbed on the outside of the windowsill from the basement. So that says that like no one broke in from there, I guess. In that entrance. And so they're claiming that the fire would have been had to have been started by somebody on the inside. Okay. And so they're like, it was Cindy who started the fire. Another thing just to pile on to all of these reasons they don't believe her, not just in this particular incident, but also like, you know, she was found in the ditch. Yeah. And she had the nylon string around her neck. And all this other shit. Mm-hmm. She claims that that night she was walking her dog when it happened, when she was attacked. Mm-hmm. And so the police are like, if you know you're being stalked, why the fuck are you walking a dog at night? Yeah, that's kind of stupid. 
But what's weird is she was like six miles from her home. That's a really far walk. Yeah, and like they don't also where's the dog? dog. Yeah, I don't know. Was it at home? Because that'd be weird. That wouldn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. I didn't get that level of detail. But basically, for this particular incident with the fire, they think that. That she started it. She started it from the inside. Was her husband in the same bed as her? Well, her husband, she was... I know they're separated. separated, But, like... They didn't live together. But maybe... But they were. he was staying the night with Agnes. Oh, it was Agnes's husband. I'm sorry. Was that not clear? She... Yeah. Cindy asks Agnes and and Agnes's husband to stay with her. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was and her husband, like her ex-husband, but they're not ex-husbands. No, it was the couple. You know, Agnes and her husband. Okay. That makes sense. But what the fuck is that guy doing out on the curb? Yeah. And it's pretty shitty for the police to be like, no, it had to be her because there's no dust disturber on the windowsill because then somebody had to be on the inside of the house. But it sounds like this person could get into her house very easily. Yeah, it sounds like this person, like, had a key or something. Yeah, they've done it before. Yeah. To stab a knife through her hand. That's fucking awful. So, yeah. So Cindy starts to suffer from, like, mental anguish from all the attacks. Obviously. Yeah, and because she was constantly being questioned and, like, the police didn't believe her and, like, people in her life didn't believe her and everything. Oh, my God. So she's committed to a psych ward. Oh, well, I mean, at least she'll be watched. Yeah, but her doctor, like, starts to worry for her self-health, like, thinks that she's going to commit suicide. Oh, They admit her. She stays there for 10 weeks, and then she gets out. She confides in her family that she believes that she knows who is stalking her and causing all this issue. She says this in kind of a cryptic way, but she basically says, if the police can't solve this, I'll solve it for them. Uh, okay. But she doesn't, like, indicate who it is or anything. Which I'm thinking, if, like, my brother or someone in my family had said that about his life and him being attacked, I'd be like, who the fuck do you think it is? Yeah, I wouldn't just be like, crazy. Anyway, here's some tea. Good luck solving it. No, I'd be like, no, 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 you're not leaving this room until you tell me who you think it is. Yeah. We can charade it out so you technically didn't tell me. Yeah, at least me. Like, if you're not going to tell the cops you need to tell me i need to know a thing so that when you die i know who to blame yes so may 25th 1989 cindy disappears oh god this is six years and seven months after the initial harassment began (gasps) for six years oh shit yeah six and a half years right my god that's crazy yep that same day that she goes missing her car is found parked in a close-by neighborhood and in the car there's groceries and a wrapped gift inside oh no Under her car was her wallet, and on the driver's side door there was blood. Okay. Two weeks later, on June 8th, 1989, Cindy's decomposed body was found in a front yard of an abandoned house. In the front yard? In the front yard. Two weeks? Two weeks. Maybe it was placed there after decomposing? Yeah. Like, kept somewhere else? Maybe. Ugh, that's awful. So her hands and feet had been bound behind her back. Oh, no. A black nylon stocking was tied tightly around her neck. There was an injection mark on her arm. Oh. The autopsy found that Cindy had died from an overdose of morphine and other drugs. Jesus. So she didn't die of strangulation. It's so weird that this like nylon stocking keeps showing up. Well, that's fucking terrifying. Yep. So then the police come to the conclusion that she died by committing suicide. 
how would she tie her hands behind her back? Here's the part I knew you would be mad at. Okay. Exactly. First Cindy's- of all, you picked another goddamn I know. police suicide. <laughs> I know. I knew this was going to make you mad. God damn it. Cindy's father was like, no fucking way. How could she ingest or inject that amount of morphine or whatever whatever the fuck it was those drugs at the crime scene with no evidence around her like there was no syringe there was no cup there was no bottle like yeah that that shit was anywhere and then how the fuck was she gonna like tie herself up before the medicine kicked in yeah and if that's how you kill yourself there's evidence like a pill bottle or like whatever they are like a syringe like you were saying yeah and what a fucking weird way to kill yourself anyway yeah (laughs) i guess that's like a different point yeah but why would you go to some random-ass abandoned house and then throw your body in the front yard? Well, you can't unless, like, nobody looked near this abandoned house for two weeks. Like, yeah. people had to have driven by. Right? And all I'm assuming is maybe the grass had been grown over. But still, like, you think critters and stuff or dogs, as you're walking your dog, you would yeah. notice it. Would so that makes me think, like, what you said, that the body was placed there later. Yeah. And it was decomposing, so she probably died two weeks ago. That's right? awful. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, like, the suicide theorist people, like, the the police and everyone, like, people who believe that she committed suicide, mm-hmm. they claim that the morphine would have taken 15 minutes to take effect. I don't know that that's true if you get injected with it, though. That's pretty fucking quick. Yeah. Anyway. From all of my experience, that's been pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> all your drug and experience? Yeah, all my injecting morphine experiences. <laughs> AKA giving birth. <laughs> that's the only time. Yep. <laughs> And a knot specialist came in and was able to recreate the knots that Cindy had around her neck and arms and feet and everything. Like to himself? Yeah, the way that she was tied in only three minutes. But you know what I fucking say to that? She's not a goddamn knot specialist. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. First of all, weird profession. (laughs) Super weird profession. And he's probably just a boy scout. (laughs) Eagle scout, mind you. Yeah, exactly. But like, I mean, I would hope that if I, if this were to ever happen to me, that the police would investigate the matter in a way to not prove suicide, but to instead disprove disprove it. other things. Yeah, exactly. To figure out what's going on. But like, do you think they looked at that knot and they were like, oh, this makes more sense that somebody behind her tied it versus her tying it by herself. Like, yes, she could have, but it's more likely that if she had done that, it would turn out this way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, someone could strangle themselves, but it's also more likely that someone else did it. Like, God. So exactly what we just talked about, the family claims that the cops basically only looked for ways to prove suicide and not to actually solve the crime. That's awful. Why? Why? Right? The coroner rules that Cindy's death wasn't suicide, accidental, or a murder, but instead that it was an unknown event. So, like, the official documents just say unknown event. Well, um, I mean, technically it's unknown because (laughs) nobody fucking knows it happened. I know. But you know what happened. Like, overdose died of a drug overdose. Yeah. Caused by something suspicious, an unknown event. Anyway, uh, her family claims... (laughs) <laughs> I literally wrote, her family claims it's for sure murder. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And someone is walking around right now that got away with murder. And her family never knew who she thought it was. No, they never knew. But who the fuck has, like, access to morphine and drugs like that? A doctor. So I took a couple notes. A pharmacist. Right, so she was a nurse, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe it was, like, a coworker or someone because she or a coworker would have access to the that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the Which kind of supports, like, a suicide theory, right? If she was, like, drugging herself. But Yeah, or like, it supports a weird, creepy coworker. Yeah, which was my last story. 
Yeah. Also, who the fuck has that many black nylon stockings? I mean, it was the 80s. I was going to say, it was a different time. (laughs) It was a different time. But you think that they could either, A, trace back, like, where these stockings were bought from, unless it was, like, hers, but then they could trace it to that, too, and be like, oh, she's she has three, but there should be four. Well, that that might be, like... And this matches that pair. Indicative of a suicide, quote, unquote. Yeah, but, like, you could probably figure out where these things were coming from, right? Yeah. Like, did someone bring them from out of the house, or did they get them in the house? Yeah, I don't think they were investigating it that closely, though, because they really thought that she was, like... And by really thought, you mean they didn't want to do their job. Yeah. They were like, nah, she's just fucking with us, because every time we go to look, nothing happens. Also, like, she claims to have known who this was, so, like, it could have been a co-worker, or it could have been her ex-husband. Like, those are the first two things I thought of. Yeah. What does the ex-husband say about all this? Well, the official suspects in the case were... No one, herself, because it's a suicide? (laughs) (laughs) No. They were her ex. His name was Ray Makepeace, which I thought was ironic. That is quite ironic (laughs) that he couldn't make peace with his spouse. Dun, dun, dun. And then Pat McBride, who was a lover of hers, who was a policeman. Uh, yeah. didn't I say police earlier? Yes, isn't it a did. member of the police? Yes, that's so weird. I don't know, but they like no theories really went into that. It was just kind of like mentioned at the end that he was a suspect, and then also the man seen on the curb, yeah, the night of the fire. So those were the three like official suspects. Okay, so here's why I think it was the police because he would know when the police are at the yes, house, so he's not going to do anything, police. or maybe he's the guy fucking watching the house. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. Oh, I don't. And like that. he would know tracing calls when to hang up or like if she changed her name or her house or her car or anything like and that and when she goes to, to the police that. yep and all of the things that she tells them like that's fucking creepy yeah what happened to her for two weeks though like she went missing her car was found she was obviously like shopping and had a gift in the back of her car like you wouldn't do all that shit if you're about to commit suicide yeah that like, doesn't groceries in, that doesn't uh what does it indicate uh planning to end your life yeah yeah like you're planning to go do something yeah that's the thing i hear in a lot of podcasts and stuff is like when they have plans for the next day they're like see you tomorrow that's like i'm not gonna kill myself yeah i don't know but then like why would you keep her for two weeks or well that's why i was thinking maybe the grass was high and so she'd been there for two whole weeks and then it maybe that or maybe they just didn't know what to do with the body i like they couldn't get out of the house maybe they didn't have a day off because they were a cop working the case maybe walking the beat yeah Maybe they didn't want to look suspicious because they were the husband or Fucking coworker. Sergeant O'Leary. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to like look at pictures because I'm curious of like what the abandoned house looked like. Yeah, but I'm not read. I didn't want that shit in my head, so I didn't. Because that smart. sounds like a pretty horrifying like. Like who do you think hogtied? found I'm it? Cool. Oh no, it's terrifying. Yeah. I don't know. I want to look up the ex a little more to know, like, what happened after all of this. Like, Yeah, like, what were his thoughts on it? Yeah, was like, he like, what was oh. his profession? What did he do? What? So some of his thoughts I did read. I didn't write it down. But some of his thoughts, he truly thought that she had a split personality disorder. So he kind that's of... That's what I talked about in the yeah, beginning, Yeah, that's too. what I... Exactly. So he was kind of like, maybe this is like, she really believes it, but it's because she has split personality. Yeah. And he lived with her for a while, so, like... He might know, yeah. He might have a little better insight. But none of her family claims that she did or they recognize that or anything. Yeah, but, I mean, Brandon would know me better than my brother at this point. That's true. That's true. Like, if you just went fucking crazy and started, like... I don't know, man. 
But there is one little final thing. Her mm-hmm. sister ends up writing a book, and it's called Who Killed My Sister, My Friend. It's by Melanie Hack, who is her sister. And so she is just as stumped by all of this as we are, obviously. And so she wrote a book to give, like, all the details and everything to see if maybe it would help shed some light on the case. That, try to figure out what's going on. That sucks never knowing what happened to your close family member. I'm going to for sure go with that she was being stalked. Mm-hmm. And got murdered. I don't know. In the very beginning, I was kind of feeling the split personality because, like, that's indicative of blackouts and, like, sometimes fucked up shit. I don't know. You've seen movies. I've read books. Yeah, but I'm still having a problem with the lack of evidence. Like, if there's injection marks on your arm, how the fuck is there not a syringe somewhere around you? Yeah. unless and you're, you're tied up and... Unless your alter ego is, like... <laughs> But your alter ego just drugged itself. You know what I mean? Maybe, I was going to say, maybe they got rid of the stuff before they did. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like you are still that person. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. Oh, that's right. (laughs) That's like one of the big things I have trouble with. And then also, if she was so like reluctant to talk about it all, it seems like she was almost inconvenienced that she had to involve the police. So like, why involve the police then if you, I guess maybe if it's the split personality and you truly believe that it's somebody else, but it's really you because you're blacking out, you know? Yeah. Maybe oh. maybe you're hesitant to involve the police because you know that you have some mental demons to admit to, to maybe. come to terms with. Yeah. There was one more thing. The ex got threatening phone calls also, but he claimed, I don't know if it was one or many or whatever, and I don't know when it happened in the story, uh-huh. but he claimed that it sounded like it was her trying to disguise her voice. Really? Yeah. That's... Mm. So the ex, who is a uh, suspect... Question. Yeah. Did they ever look at her phone records? I'm sure they did. Well... To, like, see if he... Oh, if she called him? I don't know. I mean, not even that. Like, to see who's calling her. Well, yeah, it? they were trying to trace the calls. So they would, like... It was getting it's... phone calls then, right? Because none of the yeah. calls were long enough. Like, so then she's getting phone calls... They said they tried to trace the calls and none of the calls were long enough. So then yeah. they know that she's getting calls from a strange person, not yeah. herself, right? Yep, there you go. See? I don't know. I think, I guess there could be something to like her mental stability and everything. And I get that. But I also think that it wasn't suicide. Like something was really going on. I think all these stories that you pick that are fucking suicide, quote unquote, are not. Yeah. I don't know. The John Lang one. He got stabbed in the back. That's true. They're all confusing. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I literally change my mind like every other hour with these. I know. But this one I never once thought she committed suicide. I, I, I was like, that's too much work. I don't You're know. You're in a ditch every time. Like, okay, let's but just say. But why would you wait, go out? Why would you go out to walk your dog? That's say, a valid question. Let's just say. Okay. That she did this. Mm-hmm. What about that night that her friend comes over, Agnes? Mm-hmm. She didn't know she was coming over. She just decided to swing by. So, like, what are the chances that she... Like, why would she go outside and tie this nylon stocking around her throat and just, like, wait for her friend to maybe show up or for someone to maybe show up? Well, maybe that wasn't the plan. Maybe that was the first suicide attempt. She was just going to try to kill herself in the middle of the driveway or wherever she was going? Yeah. Like, between the house and the garage? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe she was waiting to, like, be strangled. Maybe she wasn't done. Maybe she Agnes came and snapped her into reality. I don't believe it. I mean, I don't either. I'm just playing devil's, devil's advocate. Or here. like that you would stab a paring knife through your own hand and lay on the ground. That'd be Knock the up. fuck out. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't believe it. Or like your own 
phone lines cut. First of all, that's, that's going to get expensive. Yeah, that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. This is a lot of work. If you were to carry up the charade for this long. I don't even know where my phone line is. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a landline anymore. <laughs> that's probably why you don't know where it is. But also, I mean, I guess it goes to, from the telephone pole, but it doesn't go up the pole. Like, oh, you I mean don't like on the outside is. of the house? Yeah. I thought you meant on the inside. I was oh. Like, I mean, you just no. look at where your phone is. Yeah, I, I yeah, I could do that. But like outside, you know, when people because they always cut the oh, phone yeah, line from the yeah, outside. I don't know either. Do they climb the pole? I thought you can't do that. No, I'm sure it's like on the side of your house or coming from your roof or something like along with the electricity. Mm. Maybe not along with it. I don't know for sure. I'll look at my house. Okay. Well, this is a fun. Uh, this is a fun episode. Yeah. Oh, guys. Oh. You guys need to go leave a review for us on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Because this is your last week to do it. You have to have them in by Friday the 30th so that you could be entered for a chance to win a creepy crate. Creepy crate. Creepy crate. So go do it. And if you enter your review on Friday, you might want to take a screenshot and email it to us just to give us a heads up because the iTunes store takes like 24 hours for the reviews to show up. And we didn't consider that when we planned this whole contest. Endeavor. Yeah. Smart. Get it. And those crates are super cool so you definitely want one they're awesome they're creepy they're crates <laughs> <laughs> what else um find us on twitter at isgd podcast yep. email us at isgd podcast at gmail.com and we got a p.o box we got a p.o box so if you guys want to mail us any snail mail then send it to p.o box 2764 spring valley California 91979. Send us stuff. Send us cards. I want things. Yeah, send us your send us holiday cards and we'll yes. send you holiday cards if you send us your mailing address. Truth. You could do it in the email or, you know, snail mail us. I'm so excited. I check it every day even though uh no one knows that it exists yet. Yeah. In our time frame. Yeah, don't make it look so sad every time Aaron goes to the mailbox and there's nothing there. Yeah. I got our first piece of junk mail today, though. It was for a credit card. It was super exciting. Which is why inmates get credit cards, we've learned. Yeah. Because we literally opened a P.O. box and got a credit card ad instantly. Yeah, I think that's how they get it. Yep. (laughs) Fucking mystery one solved. What case was that? That was your vampire one, right? Yeah. Do we have any shout outs? We do have a shout out. We have a shout out for Casey. <gasps> Dude, she's so awesome. I love Casey. Casey's been super interactive with us on Twitter, and she's also sent us some pretty amazing emails. And it's freaking listeners like Casey that make this shit so fun. Legit, she brightened my day. Yes. Casey, we like, love you. Yeah, I love you too. Everybody be more like Casey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take a page from her book because she's crushing it. Yes. Uh, I think we're picking up a little steam in Canada because we got a couple more reviews on our Canadian iTunes. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. So yay, Canada. Keep listening to us. Yay. (laughs) You guys are so polite and friendly. (laughs) Except for when you're raping your vampire rapers. Yeah, it's very rude. That is very rude. Quite rude. (laughs) All right, guys. So until next week. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Oh my God, that was fucking creepy. Um, If by creepy, you mean we nailed it. (laughs) That was so weird. (laughs) Anyway, bye. Bye. And if you're all caught up on our podcast, stay tuned for a promo from Sitcomadon. Yeah, I would have kept going, but the cops showed up. Well, sometimes you just got to finish a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, hello there. You snuck up on us. Nope. 
I am uh, Levi Lund, and sitting next to me is... Brendan Gross. And we're the host of a hit podcast, Sitcomedon. And what we do over at Sitcomedon is dig up the extinct sitcom. Yeah. Dig it up and we break it down to its prime elements. That's right. You'll see a lot of laughs. A lot of serious talk. A lot of love. A lot of hate. <laughs> a lot of mayonnaise. <laughs> a lot of mustard. Oh, you're good. <laughs> so come on down to the old homestead and sit around the campfire with us. Check out Sikamadon. Airing every Sunday night wherever fine podcasts like these are sold. <laughs>